Thanks for tuning in for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church of Imperial Valley. We would love to help you plan your visit, so we encourage you to visit our website at www.cccciv.org for service times and our events calendar. Or get the app. You'll find the Christ Community Church IV mobile app in your app store for Apple or Android devices. Right? He comes on this mission of peace to make us one with God again, to say no more war, no more fighting between man and God. Let's become one. Let's bring these sides together once more. That's what Jesus does when he rides in to Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. Fourthly, if you're taking notes there, we want to see that Jesus is a man of praise. And there is no other name that is worthy of our praise but the name of Jesus and Jesus alone. Amen. So we see here in this text that they're waving palm branches. They've laid out the red carpet treatment. Their cloaks are on the road. The branches are on the road. He's riding into Jerusalem on this donkey, and the people are shouting out, Hosanna, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And the word Hosanna means liberate us, deliver us, set us free. This was the cry on the people's lips. Again, they're crying out for deliverance, but they're crying out for the wrong kind of deliverance. Did Jesus come to deliver that day? Absolutely. But he came to deliver, as we've discussed, spiritually, not physically. Now, look at this text because, again, this is a fulfillment of prophetic scripture. And Psalm 113 to Psalm 118 are called the Hallel in the Hebrew. The word means praise. And this is one of the first texts that a Jewish person would memorize. This text is recited on all of the celebratory feasts that the Jewish people would participate in. And this particular thing that they're shouting has messianic undertones. And the Jewish rabbis, the Jewish religious leaders, the scribes and the Pharisees, they would have understand what this meant. They hear the people shouting out, Hosanna, deliver us, be the Moses to set us free from Egypt, set us free from this bondage. They would have recognized these as messianic undertones or overtones, and it would have really caused a problem in them. So look at what it's quoting here, Psalm 118. It says, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Save us, we pray. Hosanna, literally, O Lord. O Lord, we pray, give us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Once more, they're crying out for a warrior to come and to deliver them, but they've got it all wrong. Yes, a warrior has arrived on the scene, but he's not there to fight Rome. He's there to fight the devil. And he's going to win, isn't he? If you will cry out to the Lord today with the sincerity in your heart, if you will shout out, Hosanna, Hosanna, come and rescue me. Come deliver me. Set me free, not from physical bondage. Set me free from the spiritual bondage. Set me free from sin. Liberate me. Loose the chains that have me bound. I can't enjoy the presence of the Lord. There's no joy. There's no peace. There's no contentment in my life because I'm struck by sin. If you'll cry out today, Hosanna, God will deliver you today. Jesus will come to your aid and he will set you free. Now let's look at this text once more and then we're going to turn. They shout out, Hosanna, save us now. Verse 10 Matthew chapter 21, and when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up, saying, who is this? The word stirred up is sizo in the Greek. It's where we get our word seismic from, which speaks of 
earth shaking, right? It's like the whole city is shaking and quaking with the fact that Jesus is riding in and people are shouting and they're stomping and they're praising and they're worshiping and they're crying out for the deliverer. They're crying out for the one to come and to set them free. And the Pharisees take note. Turn with me now to Luke chapter 19. We're going to finish up in Luke. And we're going to see the reaction here to this praise. The people are praising Jesus, shouting out to Jesus, but how does the religious sect respond? Luke chapter 19. We'll pick it up in verse 37. There'll be a little bit of overlay, but that's all right. Verse 37 says this. As he was drawing near, already on the way down to the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of his disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they had seen, saying, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So there are three synoptic gospels, the gospel that they kind of follow the, the same train of thought, the same story, so to speak, Matthew Mark and Luke. And so we're reading the same account now from Luke's perspective. Same thing that's happening in Matthew. We're reading that now, that same account, that same story of Palm Sunday from Luke's perspective. And now he has a few different details that he brings out. And I want you to pay attention to these things. So look at this. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Now look at verse 39. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. They can't be saying this. If you're allowing them to worship you this way, Jesus, you're claiming to be God. Those words are reserved for the Messiah. That's not meant for you, Jesus. This is what the religious leaders are saying. Now, throughout Jesus' ministry, Jesus avoided such worship. He heals a leper, and do you know what he tells the leper to do? He says, don't tell anyone what I just did. He heals two blind men, and do you know what he tells the blind men to do? Don't tell anyone that I just healed you. He heals a deaf, mute man. And do you know what he says to those who are around? Please don't tell anyone what just happened. He goes throughout cities and villages healing people. He says, don't tell people. He goes to his disciples. He says, who do men say that I am? And Peter says, well, some say that you're Elijah, some that you're one of the other prophets. Well, who do you say that I am? Well, we say you're the Christ. And Jesus says, you're right. God has revealed that to you, but don't tell anyone yet. Right? In Matthew chapter 17, Jesus goes up to the Mount of Transfiguration, and he's transfigured before Peter, James, and John. And what does he tell them? He says, don't tell anyone that you saw my glory until after. Don't tell anyone just yet. Keep it a secret. He did not want to have that attention just yet, but there's something different about this day. There's something different about Palm Sunday. And all of a sudden, Jesus is accepting and receiving that worship. Something has changed. You see, Jesus was not just particular and interested in making sure that the will of God was accomplished in his life. He also wanted to make sure that the will of God happened at, in the timing of God in his life. Those of you out there who are struggling with impatience, understand this, that God's will outside of God's time is not God's will at all. Maybe you need to hear that again. God's will outside of God's time is not God's will at all. So Jesus is receiving this worship. Yes, I'm receiving this. Yes, I'll allow this. Yes, I'm taking this in. When Jesus' mother, Mary, wanted Jesus to turn the water into wine in John chapter 2, do you know what he told his mother? He said, woman, it's not my time yet. I'm paraphrasing. But in essence, it's not that time yet. You know what happened when he 
fed the 5,000, and he heard rumblings in the crowd that they wanted to take him and make him king that moment. They saw such an amazing, miraculous feat take place. He went away, and he hid. Why? Because it wasn't the right time. Jesus was completely surrendered to the will of God, so much so that he was surrendered to the timing of God as well. And what does Jesus say to those Pharisees that are saying, rebuke your disciples. They shouldn't be giving you this kind of worship. Again, all throughout his ministry, Jesus is like kind of putting up the brakes saying, don't worship yet. Don't give me that kind of worship yet. It's not the right time yet. I'm not supposed to be glorified just yet. Something changes this day. And Jesus responds to those religious objections. And this is what he says in verse 40. I tell you that if these were silent, the disciples around, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. If there was no one on this road to praise me, the rocks would cry out. That's what he says. Understand this just for a moment. The Jewish leaders were bragging to Jesus about the fact that they were sons of Abraham. And Jesus said, don't you understand that I can raise up from these rocks, sons of Abraham? Why would he say that? Do you remember what God did when he made Adam? He takes his hand, he picks up some dust from the ground, he breathes into it, and there's a man. Right? If these people were not here to worship, the stones would cry out. If worship wouldn't fill their lungs, I would be worshiped. Because the time has changed, the time is right. This is the moment. This is what Jesus is saying. I denied that worship, all of these, but this is the moment. Something different about right now. I will be worshiped in this moment. The scripture says this in Romans chapter 8. For we know that the whole of creation has been groaning together in pains of childbirth till now. That all of creation is moaning and groaning for redemption. And why will our hearts not moan and groan for the redemption of man the way even creation is groaning to be redeemed? Is creation doing a better job of crying out for deliverance than we as men are doing? Because God does not need your worship. Creation will worship in your place if you won't step forward to worship, if you will not step forward to praise. So we see Jesus here, this man of praise. Side note, I want you to do me a favor and write this verse down, Psalm 148, and read this later. Read how creation joins in praise of the creator. It's a beautiful psalm. Read that together. Discuss that in your life groups. It's encouraging to me. Our next point here, we're going to look at Jesus, the man of promise. Again, this kind of goes hand in hand with this idea of Jesus being a prophet or Jesus being a man of prophetic fulfillment. But look at what it says here, verse 41 of Luke chapter 19. When he drew near, he saw the city. He wept over it, saying, Would that you, even you, had known on this day the things made for your peace. But now they're hidden from your eyes. For the days will come upon you when your enemies will set up a barricade around you and surround you and hem you in on every side and tear you down to the ground and your children within you. And they will not leave one stone upon another in you because you did not know this, the time of your visitation. You should have been ready for this moment, Jesus says, but you weren't ready for for me to come. 
And because of it, you're going to be judged. Because of it, everything's going to fall apart. And this is fulfilled by Titus in AD 70. We're not going to get into that too much just for the sake of time. And really, I don't want to even get so sidetracked with the technical aspects of this prophecy. Suffice it to say, this is what is going on here in this text. Jesus says, you should have known this the day of your visitation. This the day of your salvation. You can write this down if you want to read this later. There's a word that is given to the prophet Daniel in Daniel chapter 9, verses 24 through 27. We are going to be going into the book of Daniel. We're going to start going through Daniel verse by verse. So we're going to get this in detail. But this is what's going on. In the book of Daniel, Daniel is given an exact day that Jesus would arrive. Okay? Now, I'm going to give you the number, okay, 173,880 days. Okay? Daniel's given this vision. There's going to be a command that's going to be spoken. When that command is spoken, Daniel, you can start counting 173,880 days. And 173,880 days after that command is spoken, you can expect the Messiah, the Prince. Okay? Now, guess what? And we'll do this math later on. I had the board up here, but we just don't have time. Exactly 173,880 days after that command was given in Nehemiah chapter 2, guess what happens? Jesus rides into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, this day we're studying right now. God fulfills his word perfectly. Now, this is what I want you to understand from this this morning. Those of you who maybe are struggling a little bit with God's will and God's time, God is never late. You're praying and you're struggling and you're asking and you're pleading and God will answer at just the right time. Just like he answered this prophetic word at just the right time. One day with the Lord is is a thousand years and a thousand years is a day. There's no real use of time but this is the other thing I want you to see in this. Jesus, this man of promise, because he arrived at just the right time Right? You can also trust that because he fulfilled that promise, that promise of Scripture, that he'll fulfill the other promises of Scripture. Like That's a pretty specific promise. Would you agree with me? Exactly 173,880 days, Like that's a pretty specific prophetic word. And if God fulfills that word perfectly, guess what? He's going to fulfill the other promises of Scripture for you perfectly. Verses like this, Hebrews chapter 10. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. What promises? Maybe a promise like this. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. My God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Every need. Now, does that say every greed or every want or every desire? No, but God will take care of the needs of his people. He will fulfill that promise. If he fulfills 173,880 days perfectly, he'll meet your needs. How about this out of John chapter 4, verse 18? Jesus spoke this. He says, I will not leave you orphans, but I will come or I will return for you. I know you're down there suffering in this life and in this world, but don't worry. I'm on my way. I will come for you. How about this verse, John 14, 3? And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will take you to myself, that where I am, you will be also. God is never late and God fulfills his promises. This is proven by this amazing prophetic word that is just fulfilled before our eyes here in Daniel chapter 9. Again, we'll look at this in detail when we read through this in the book of Daniel. And so this brings us to our final 
point is that Jesus is a man of passion. Jesus is a man of passion. I want you to read verse 41 with me one more time. When he drew near to the city, the city of Jerusalem, and he saw it, he what? He wept. It means to weep convulsively. He's falling apart at the seams. It's like he's suffering in anguish. He's weeping so much. Now, Jesus had this amazing compassion for his people. When he saw the crowds surrounded, they're coming to him for healing. They're in desperate need. They're seeking help. Jesus looks out and the scripture says, in pity, in compassion, he looks out at them because they were like sheep having no shepherd. Before this account that we're reading here in Luke chapter 19, Palm Sunday, Jesus had come into Jerusalem another time. And this is what he says in Luke chapter 13. Again, this man of great passion. He says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it, how often I would have gathered your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, but you were not willing. Behold, your house is forsaken, and I tell you, you will not see me again until you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. What just happened today, Palm Sunday? They were shouting Hosanna, waving palm branches, red carpet treatment, saying, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. But here in Luke chapter 13, the scripture says, Jesus says this, I've longed to gather you together as a hen gathers the chicks under the wings. You see these little baby chicks here? It's probably going to poop right in my hands. Is there anything more vulnerable than these little chicks? More susceptible than one of these little baby chicks? Jesus has a heart for his people, and he says, I've longed to gather you under my wings to protect you. Just like I can't wait for my kids to come home in the evening. How... I long for my children to come back under my roof. How I long to gather them and to protect them and to insulate them and to keep them from pain. You see, here's what I want you to understand this morning. The Jesus that we're looking at today is a Jesus that comes on a mission of peace. He comes to you as Savior and offers himself as Savior. But he will not always come that way. There will come a day, and we'll read of in Revelation chapter 19, where you're not going to see a Savior riding upon a donkey. You're going to see a warrior with a robe dipped in blood, with eyes like flames of fire. He has a name, King of kings and Lord of lords, and out of his mouth goes a sharp two-edged sword to strike down the nations in his wrath. Every one of us will meet Jesus. We will either meet Jesus atop a donkey on a mission of peace or we will meet Jesus atop a stallion of war as judge. But we will meet Jesus. The scripture says this in Philippians chapter 2. Therefore God has highly exalted him, speaking of Jesus, and bestowed upon him the name that is above every name. At the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Every knee will bow. 
you will either bow before Savior or you will bow before judge. You have a responsibility. No one can make this decision for you. But this morning, understand, Jesus came the first time on a mission of peace on a donkey. And his invitation to you this morning is come to me if you labor and are heavy laden. When I be lifted up, I will draw all men into myself. I will bring them under my wings. You realize this is what it means to be in Christ. He takes the punishment. He takes the sin. He takes the suffering. And he wraps you under his wings and he insulates you from that. And if I am in Christ, I have great hope because he's taken that penalty that I, and I no longer have to bear that penalty. Amen. Praise God. You can praise God for that. The invitation to you this morning is, will you come under my wings? Like a hen desires to gather her chicks, Jesus desires to gather you under his wings to protect you today. Again, I... I well, I'm just going to read this because I think it has to be read. Psalm 91, you can write this down and you can read this again later, but listen to this. This is what God's desire would be for you. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. To abide in that shadow, to rest in that shadow. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress my God in whom I trust, for he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler, from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near to you. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked, the wicked being judged, because you have made the Lord your dwelling place. You have come under his wings. You have allowed him to be your protector. You have come home at the end of a long day into that place of rest under his roof. You have been found in Christ because you have made the Lord your dwelling place. I am in Christ Jesus. No evil shall be allowed to befall you. No plague come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against a stone. You will in, and tread on the lion and the adder, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. Because, listen to this, because he holds fast to me in love. I will deliver him and protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Have you made the Lord your refuge? Jesus comes in to Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. His heart has always been, I've longed to gather you as a hen gathers her chicks. You're so vulnerable and exposed, and if you don't find your refuge in me, you're going to die. So his invitation to you this morning is to come. And here's the beautiful promise that we have in Scripture. One of the most beautiful promises of all, Jesus speaks this in John chapter 6. He says, all that the Father gives to me will come to me. All the Father gives to me 
will come to me, will come and find their rest, find their refuge, take their safe place under my wings, and whoever comes to me, I will not cast out. If you come to the Lord today, he will not push you away. If you come to the Lord in humility and you say, Lord, I need to be covered. I need to be protected. I'm so vulnerable. I'm naked. I'm exposed. I cannot do this on my own. You will find your place of rest under his wings and he will receive you in. You can be found in Christ today. Thanks for tuning in for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church in Imperial Valley. Christ Community Church has campuses in El Centro, Calexico, and Brawley, with services in English and in Spanish. Your kids are going to love our kids' church. Plus, we have a lively youth ministry and young adults group. You're welcome to call the church office at 760-337-9400 with your questions. Or leave us a message on the Christ Community Church IV mobile app, the ccciv.org website, or direct message us on social media. We are really looking forward to meeting you. So again, the website is www.cccivv.org or call 760-337-9400 so we can plan your visit.